You're now listening to From The Jump, where we keep the convo going with the latest and greatest in hip-hop. With your hosts, Mr. White and Syllable. They tell it like it is. From The Jump. Welcome to a podcast about all things hip-hop called From The Jump. My name is Syllable, and this is Mr. White. Yo, how you doing? How y'all feeling today? So we're going to talk about a lot of different things, uh, but we have thematic structures. And the name of this podcast is called From the Jump, which means from the start and from the beginning. And it's not a term that you're going to find used very often at Starbucks coffee shops. A lot of this comes from street culture. A lot of this comes from specific regions where that's just what we say. And we all have different backgrounds coming from different areas. But, you know, uh, we both personally relate to that as being not just a phrase or a saying, but a representation of some of our backgrounds, some of our history uh, and how we grew up. Most definitely. I mean, you know, from the jump, you know, what it what it means to me is just, you know, how we started. And, uh, you know, it's important to kind of look back and, you know, understand what got us to where we are now. Uh, but also just, you know, drawing those correlations and, and really, you know, sticking true to our roots. And, you know, I, I think it's a lot of things that sometimes we want to separate from each other, but there's more similarities than we know. Yeah. And I think I think it's not necessarily specific only to hip hop culture, saying from the jump, but it is definitely intersecting uh, with a lot of hip hop culture. And so both of us uh, really love hip hop. Both of us are hip hop artists and release songs and we've gone to shows and grew up uh, with that in our lives. And so we're going to be discussing uh, different elements of hip hop and rap. And, you know, I think some of the questions that a lot of people ask in popular culture is, is hip hop dead? And it's not just a Nas album. It's more like, you know, is hip hop, you know, is hip hop dead? Has, Has it been replaced by pop culture icons or, gimmicks is hip-hop still alive what does hip-hop culture really mean i mean you know i i think that that that's kind of the the biggest fallacy is that hip-hop is dead because at this point it's so ingrained in the people that you know to be honest like with with a lot of american things like hamburgers and hot dogs i mean it's just it's part of being an american now right and i mean i think it's so ingrained in the society that people kind of feel like it doesn't exist, but I think it's just so prevalent that you don't have to separate it anymore. Like, you know, it it used to be a thing where it was like kind of niche to be hip hop. Now it's like, you know, everybody's into it. Right. And I think that, you know, the culture won't ever die. Uh, And, you know, as, as rappers, we, we really focus on the music side of things. And I think that that's kind of the part of hip hop that we represent. And, you know, uh, I, I think talking about hip hop being gone or dead is like being a dead horse. It's it's not going anywhere. You know, it, it's it is something that now is proliferated to the point where it, it just exists, right? And then you know, it, it's everywhere. It's not something. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. It's no longer just a a, a specific thing to New York City or no. you know, 1920 Cedric Avenue and DJ Cole Herc. This is actually something that is spread to all countries. Uh, it's crazy how many different places you can find hip hop artists now that love it. And but the thing is, is that there's different elements of hip hop culture. You know, there's uh, battling, there's freestyling, 
there is graffiti, there's breakdancing, and so, and of course, there's rapping. And, and for us, we're going to focus specifically on the rapping section of hip-hop culture, the techniques, the, the understanding of that, what's going on with the latest news, as well as, you know, our opinions about who's coming out, what's hot, why is that, what is that reference to the old school, what is that called back to? So that's part of what we're going to cover during this podcast. Yeah, and then just stuff that gets on our nerves as well, or just oh, yes. things that people, you know, uh, you know, they sometimes they're afraid to talk about what's actually going on in the music. You know, they 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 just want to kind of gloss over it. You know, talk about what's hot, what's not. You know, we're gonna really dig down and and you know try to decipher some of this music for you, because uh, you know I think that the perspective is is that you know new music or old music, it's better than the other. It's not really like that, though. All music has a, has a, a place for its listeners. And, you know, we, we, we just want to have some fun with that and, and talking and discussing, you know, what we really feel, the how the music touches us, how it influences us, how, you know, it, it influences exactly. everybody else out there listening. Exactly. So how did you get into hip-hop? What what was kind of your, your first entry point? Well, when I, when I got into hip-hop, and, you know, I, I think this is a very interesting question because when wasn't I in the hip hop, right? Like from from the moment that I can remember listening to music, you know, my brother had N.W.A. on and he had, you know, uh, Scarface Ghetto Boys on, uh, you know, we, we had he had Dre on. And this is just stuff I was listening to in the in, in the bedroom, uh, you know, that they had on the stereo or stuff that they had in their car. And, and you were uh, from a, and you were from a town uh, near Chicago. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was born in Harvey. It's, it's about, let's say 20 minutes, 25 minutes from downtown Chicago. Uh, and Sweet. you know, it, it was, you know, definitely a, a mostly black area, you know, not, not suburban for real or anything like that, but you know, like, Probably the the biggest influence that I had early and growing up was uh, Wu Tang, and uh, when you know I was dealing with Wu Tang, you know at that time, it was one of those situations where you know um, basically I, I heard their music, but the energy that they had was totally different than what I was used to, and just kind of that that group posse vibe where everybody yeah. kind of punched in. There was no hooks. Like, it was just raw. And that's what made me want to freestyle. Uh, also, I was exposed to the studio culture pretty early uh, because my cousins had a home studio. So you're talking nice. six and seven years old in the hood. You know, they got a booth. They got high-quality condenser microphones. You know, they got $1,000 uh, speaker system setups. Like, this stuff was... And they had their own distribution center where they would package CDs and, and jewel cases with cellophane and they were they were doing you know label like releases from their house and you know as a kid I was just like I wasn't thinking anything of it until you know I really had my first foray into making a track which was when I was 11. Uh, I recorded my nice. first track on cassette uh, it was with a, a small label called Chiefs of the Struggle uh, it was with my homie uh, that I grew up with, childhood friend. He's he's actually still an artist, Buddha G. Um, and that that's that was like that was how I got into it. And it was, but it, for me, it was like it was just an everyday thing. Like I never thought about it. Like 
oh, I'm rapping or I'm in hip hop. You know, you always just got in the car and you put on the beats and you freestyle. My brother's yeah. freestyle, my sister's freestyle. Some, it was it was just, it was a communal thing. And I think that that's, that's why I was always like, I just felt like it was a part of me. So it wasn't like something that I had to be introduced to. But as far as rapping, like and, and developing that skill as a rapper, that was something that I've been working on even to this day. You know, it's a development process. It's not like, you know, it's something that just because I was born in a hip hop culture, I, that don't make me a good rapper, right? That doesn't make me t talented at that. It's something that I, I have had to work on and practice to become proficient with it. So that, you know, that was kind of my beginnings in hip hop. What, what about you, Sil? Like, you know, how did, how did you get into hip hop? So I think, you know, I was exposed to it as a young, young person, uh, even in, I think it was elementary school. I forget, but I heard uh, Warren G and the G-Dup sound and it was so catchy and it was it was nice and so i should listen to him and you know eminem's album got dropped uh and i felt like that was an instant classic his first album i heard it on the radio but i mean really kind of my connection to to hip-hop uh really because you know from 16 on i was living uh in a cardboard box on the streets and i didn't really have support from my family i didn't really have anyone else there uh, showing me the ropes or anything. I was self-taught for self-taught survival skills, self-taught with my interests, my value system. And so I identify with hip hop culture uh, as a place where people with shared interests and understanding that, you know, as Karis once so infamously states that rap is something you do, hip hop is something you are. And for me, I felt a kinship to you know, Voice of the Voiceless, you know, Africa Bombada and Zulu Nation and the understanding of how community links up with hip hop. And, you know, this is pre P. Diddy era. And, and I mean, even up to that point, I had still kind of had a passing interest in hip hop. It wasn't something I took very seriously because that's all I saw was the P. Diddy stuff. And that's mm -hmm. all that I saw on the radio for the most part. Eminem was an outlier. And the thing was, is that it wasn't until I was exposed to a more diverse uh, set of, of rappers and hip hop artists that I, and R&B and Erykah Badu and everyone else that I started to really grasp, uh, there was more to offer than, than what is commercially promoted by the record labels. And that Absolutely. was when I started to truly develop a passion in it. And I was, uh, I was, I was in a classroom and I was, I was still homeless. I was, I was going to high school, living on that government free lunch. Um, and I was, I was walking down the halls and I heard uh, this boombox playing and it said, we swarm with the bees and the diseases. And even if your DJ was Jesus, you could never fuck with these kids. And I said, what? What's that? And uh, it was, that was atmosphere. And it just, mm. I'd never heard of him. It was not something that I've introduced to. And so, I don't know, I fell into it and, and, you know, discovering different people like One Below out of Pontiac, Michigan and The Roots and, you know, addition to the Jay-Z's and the Nas and, and, and the classic artists, it really gave me an understanding of, of the, really like the whole picture of what hip hop is, aside from just record labels, you know, <laughs> promoted album releases. So around 19 years old, I started uh, freestyling. And at that point in time, it was more of uh, rhythm and poetry, like rap. Uh, and, and it wasn't, it was more spoken word. I didn't understand mm -hmm. what the beat was. It was all acapella. I went to open mics. 
where all the uh, white people would clap because they didn't know how to rap at all. And anything I could do with two words together, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> They're like, man, nah. that's cool. Bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> like that? Like you said two words that rhyme? <laughs> the, the cat and the hat. Not just the cat, but the hat, too. Oh, my God. Uh, and so I had, of course, false sense of, of skill and craftsmanship. Uh, but I really didn't cut my teeth and became serious about rapping until I helped co-host a uh, Tuesday night cypher. And for people that aren't familiar with hip hop culture, uh, for hip hop, hip hop cyphers, which there are a lot of people that aren't uh, actually, it's back when freestyle it's kind dominated. Of a lost art, in a, in a, in a, to be honest. I mean, people still have cyphers, but I don't even think they call them that anymore. And I mean, freestyling in itself is not necessarily. It, it's it's not that it's not prevalent it's just that it's not it doesn't have the same energy behind it that it used to when that was like that was all you did like yeah or that was how you kind of broke you broke into the music thing is that you were freestyle with people until you would get good enough freestyling and then somebody would engage you about actually trying to do a song or something like that and that was how exactly now it's now it's not like that anymore it's like a lot of artists are you they know, trade written they, they, verses and call it freestyle, and it's but they like, still, but they still freestyle. <laughs> it's just I, what I like to call it, and, and I, I, I do this for you know artists that I've recorded. It's called control freestyle, where it's like you go in a lab and you spit stuff off the top of your head, but you you basically punch everything in. So it's like you're freestyling because you're not writing it down. But you're also taking time to come up with new lines. And yeah. that's something that you see a lot with the newer artists where they're not necessarily writing, like in the technical sitting down like we do. Like we both write actual, you know, compose like yeah. that. But other people will just go in the lab and they'll spit stuff and they'll keep some stuff they like, throw away stuff they don't. I mean, that's, that's what Lil Wayne did. Fun. Lil Wayne just like freestyled like his whole first album pretty much. Just went in there. Mm -hmm. Chance the Rapper, same thing with Snoop Acid Dog, Rap. I think yeah. did that as well. And that, yeah. that album was cool. Like, you, <laughs> like when you listen to that first Snoop Dogg album and you're like, they freestyled it. It's like, no, no, I ain't no way. <laughs> ain't no way. Like somebody he's, had to write that down at some point. I love his voice, but uh, he's just got such a very distinct rap voice. Snoop Dogg has just yeah. got it. Uh, deal double G. But so 19 years old, I started doing, you know, basically freestyles or more spoken word. Then I went to the cypher for about four and a half years. Every Tuesday night, we would have three MCs there. We'd have five MCs there, uh, sending in a circle around a boom box. And sometimes we would have 20 people there because there's this random crowd, whether it's bicyclists or tourists or word just freaking spread and people would show up. And that was actually kind of hard because when we was like, I don't know, 15 rappers in a circle, it took forever to spit your eight to 16 bars <laughs> in a freestyle. But I mean, we would have, sometimes we would just go on themes like X's or like video game raps about Super Mario Bros. Or, you know, sometimes it would be a little like battling, but more like battling demons that we had or other people we used to know. The only time battling really ever got introduced to that was when someone outside came into the cypher and then tried his diss. This one guy, he, he got brought in by someone that already went to the cypher. He didn't know that I was co-hosting it and that I've been holding it down for, you know, years. And he just came at me, told me he was going to break into my house. He was going to steal my girlfriend. And, Damn. you know, I was single at the time. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, good try, bro. <laughs> so good I freestyled try. back to him. I was like, well, 
you know, if you're going to steal my girlfriend, first you got to get me one to pump her. And how are you going to break into a closed down dumpster? And man, he got so angry because I, you know, I won and, and everyone reacted. But it was, it was, I loved it because it was organic. It wasn't rehearsed. We weren't trading written verses. This is off the top mm-hmm. to, you know, Alchemist beats, Primo beats, whatever was playing on the boombox. Uh, yeah. And and that was really, I mean, you sometimes we had low key celebs that would come in there that were pretty well known, and so that that was really, I think, my development into like being a hip hop artist, wanting to really celebrate uh, hip hop as a culture, and then the art of rapping was really formulated because what I was exposed to through all the different people that went to that street cipher, their interests, what they like. Uh, I had no idea some of these people. They interest me to so much. Improve my catalog by, you know, ad infinity exponentials, you know. And it's interesting when you say that, like, expanding and improving your catalog. Uh, there's definitely artists that you've told me about that I didn't know about, right, uh, on the underground scene and vice versa. And it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, even me, you know, I grew up in the hood. I've always listened to rap music, but that doesn't mean I hear everything, right? Like, I missed, I missed stuff. Or I've checked out, I've had whole eras where I was only into one sound of music, right? So if you would have brought me something from a different style and flavor, and I, I think that's that's the cool thing about rap music now. Like everybody, I mean, there there are a lot of analog artists that sound the same. But really what's happened now is that you have a, a wide range of sounds that encompass what rap music is. You know, it's like it's not just the you know, boom bap lyrical rapper anymore. Like that that's that's a type of artist. Like and you could be that artist if you want to. But you could also be, you know, a, a lyrical trap rapper like kind of what J. Cole is doing. Like he's changed his style. I thought that where, was interesting. You know, yeah. Yeah, because at first, you know, he wasn't really touching those types of beats. He was doing more he was doing his melodic stuff still, but he was still rapping over what I would call like um cinematic style beats right like where they would like can, a rick yeah. ross type beat you know what i'm saying something real like poppy but then he switched up like hard in the past two years and it just mainly been on trap beats but he hasn't lost his his skill his talent with the rapping just because he switched the sound to music and to be honest i kind of prefer some of that stuff he's doing now what was that track he released he with that one dude that came out uh like last year or something um, you think you turn me on Talking to about it? the J.I.D. track? Yeah. The J.I.D. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty dark in that one, but but lyrically, his skill, his technique. He's spitting. He's spitting. That's like crazy. I, I've never heard him spit in that style, but he's, 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 he's demonstrating his versatility, and he's demonstrating how he can definitely adapt. Just like, uh, what, is that, what is that Snoop Dogg album that came out uh, a few years ago? Um, he he went with the kind of ATL uh, trap sound. I was really surprised because I was like, back? I mean, that's cool. He's trying to stay current. He's trying I don't to know stay, if I heard that one. Stay but he, Snoop is one of those artists that he doesn't, he's not afraid of, you know, trying new things, venture. Mm-hmm. He's already built his brand Too to late. the point. And you could tell that he loves his, uh, I feel like I've heard a couple tracks off there. But yeah, I, it's I didn't Kool-Aid. Really yeah, he's he's got Kool Aid off of that off of that album. I think I like two or more, uh, as well as Oh Na Na. Some good. I was I was just surprised. I mean, he's got some of his '90s era rap in there, but for the most part, he's kind of adapted to post 2000 rap, and I thought that mm-hmm. was fascinating. But you know, you see a lot of artists doing that, and I think that verse with GID 
uh, for J. Cole was, was pretty dope as well. That was just like, I've never heard him flex in that particular way. And that was, that was tight. So I appreciate you turning me onto that track, Mr. White. That was, that was dope. And it's great building with you as always uh, on From the Jump. As we're wrapping this episode up, I just want to remind everyone to tune in next time because we're going to discuss rap singing and how that's coming into the picture as something new and some genre bending that kind of the new newer artists are getting into as well. And we're going to discuss the difference between Chance the Rapper and one of the freshmen coming out, which is Polo G. So I appreciate everyone tuning in and taking a listen to From the Jump. And, you know, we hope that you keep it real, keep it current from the jump. From the jump, absolutely.